Welcome, everyone, to Millennials and Money Cafe, where we create events to empower, inspire, and motivate millennials to love, live, and matter. My name is Marilyn O'Malley of MarilynO'Malley.com, and I am a Tapping into Wealth and Success Transformation Coach. And today, I want to introduce you to Bobby Hoyt. So Bobby Hoyt is the founder of Millennial Money Man, as well as Stellaris SEO. Bobby is a former high school band director that paid off $40,000 in student loans shortly after college and then left his teaching job to work on his own as a blogger and entrepreneur. In his spare time, Bobby can be found water skiing and boating with his wife, Coral. You can find Bobby on, on Twitter at Gen Y Money Man. You can find him on Facebook at Millennial Money Man and on Instagram at Gen Y Money Man. Welcome, Bobby. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. So I'm wondering if you would share with our audience uh, a little bit more about who you are and what's important to you and what your life's like just to um, sure. have them. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, well, I mean, just a quick story about me. I, uh, I graduated from college about five years ago. I went to college in San Antonio at UTSA and I had a music education degree. I was, uh, in high school band pretty much, you know, that was my thing that I did. I was on the drum line. I've, uh, been a drummer for you know since I was in sixth grade and uh you know I was really passionate about music and got my degree in music education and got out into the workforce I was a head or not a head band, I'm sorry I was assistant band director at uh, Pearland High School in Pearland Texas for uh the past three years and uh, basically what I did was I taught you know the drum line um I taught you know, a band every day, and I taught junior high percussion. And while I was doing that, on the side, I was I was kind of uh, I had forty thousand dollars in student loan debt that I came away from school with, and uh, I started trying to pay that off as as quickly as I could. I got some really good advice early on from um, some some friends that were a little bit older than me. Um, and they told me I needed to get rid of my debt, so I started making as the biggest payments I could. And you know, two years later, I was I was debt free. And through that process, I really found a, a passion for talking about student loans, for talking about debt, um, and actually blogging too, um, because I was you know pretty good at writing, and that was a skill that I didn't even know that I had. So mm. you know, I really enjoyed that. And um, hey, after the three years, I I recently left my job um, and started my own company. I, I started blogging full-time, uh, which, which has definitely been a, an adventure. Uh, and through the <laughs> blogging, I actually uh, I started a, another company that's a search engine optimization company where I, I try to boost companies' uh, Google search rankings. And that was something that I picked up by having to do my own SEO work for my blog. And I realized that I had a lot of skills in it. So I just kind of made a, made a jump to that as well. So it's a, it's been a pretty fun journey. I mean, it's uh, I'm still pretty pretty new in it. I've only been working for myself for about three three months now. I think I'm going on month four right now, and uh, it's it's been a success so far. 
you know, I, I, I get to spend a lot more time with my wife. I just recently got married in uh, in June. Actually, I'm sorry, in May, <laughs> late May. And uh, so, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, hopefully my wife didn't hear that. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it. You know, we're just we're just enjoying our lives together, just trying to trying to build my company, and she's trying to do her thing, and um, mm-hmm. you know, we're just kind of starting out on this uh, this journey together. Yeah, yeah. What I love listening to you, um, what I hear, and I think that you're a great role model for is, you know, number one, paying attention to what's going on in your life, not sort of letting life slam you, but um, just you taking control of the life, like looking at your debt and saying, okay, I want to get rid of this and 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 noticing, you know, what what else do I want in my life? And and you go for it. You you're taking risks, you know, but but calculated risk. You're you're following your um, I don't know if it's your intuition or your calling or something. You know, something we'll we, we'll probably share a little bit of that later. But um, right. you know, something that's calling you that said, okay, go out on your own. Don't you know, that the band director was not going to hold you um, in a, uh, hold your interest, uh, that there was some other stuff that you had to do in life. And, yeah, um, yeah, and that you're, and that you're going for that. And that's a really, um, and you're, and you're taking one step at a time and you're seeing where there's, you know, you're, you're letting yourself see your strengths and talents and, and, um, uh, and seeing also where there's uh, need, and so you started this the blogging, which I love you this uh, millennial money man because you saw a right. need that. Um, what did you explain to us? Where why you started millennial money man? Well, as I was as I was paying down my loans, um, you know, one of I, I feel like I am pretty observant. You know, <laughs> that's one of the just from being in teaching and, and being taught for, for so many years, I think that, you know, I really learned a lot about when I got into my profession, uh, how other people in my profession were doing later down the road, you know, 20 years um, mm-hmm. past me in their career. And what I saw a lot of was people that were, were strapped with debt and uh, they, they, something that they loved, which was band directing, which, I mean, you have to be passionate about. They were more yeah. just doing it as a job. And the problem with that is it's band directing. A lot of people don't know this, but band directing isn't like normal teaching. You you work many, many more hours a week. It was, you know, normal for me to do 60 or 70 hours a week just with all the rehearsals and uh, the games and the contests. And if you're doing it that much and you feel like you're trapped because of debt, you know, it, it's really, it was sad to kind of see these people in that situation. So I, I kind of decided I don't want to, I don't want that to be me. <laughs> That's, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't want this thing that is a passion of mine to not be a passion anymore. Mm-hmm. And I also saw a lot of my friends really early on um, kind of buy houses that were too expensive for them, buy cars and, you know, by year three in their career, they were already kind of feeling trapped too. And it, they didn't have any mm-hmm. options because, you know, once you, once you finance so much of your money away, you mm-hmm. you don't have the ability to to create change in your life. You you're really stuck in one spot. And so I kind of saw all that and I just decided that, you know, that's not what I wanted. The other thing and I just 
I'm not very <laughs> I knew I was an entrepreneur because I am not very good at uh, uh taking orders. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, <laughs> but I just I couldn't I I couldn't uh-huh. uh I wanted to do things my own way and I always yeah. found myself struggling. I, I had great uh great bosses when I was you know, mm-hmm. great headband directors when I was teaching, but I just Mm-hmm. Something always made me mad where I was like, oh, no, I, I need to do this on my own. Like, I, I want to do something my way, and I couldn't, and I'd get frustrated. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, my wife mm-hmm. saw that a lot. She would, uh, she noticed that about me. Like, you know, you're, this is, mm-hmm. maybe you're just not supposed to work for other people. I was like, well, maybe mm-hmm. not. Um, mm-hmm. So that was, that was a big inspiration for that. But then, you know, the millennial money man thing, as I looked around, I just saw all these millennials that, you know, we weren't taught anything about money. <laughs> my yeah. my financial yeah. background before I started doing this was literally nothing. Um, yeah. You know, I didn't know how interest worked. I didn't know, uh, you know, what happens if you don't pay your student loans back. I didn't know really anything. And mm-hmm. I, as I got more into blogging, more into personal finance, I just I realized that the school system uh, doesn't, because of the state testing that they have to do, and this is for every state, there, there's yeah. so many sanctions and guidelines. There, there is no ability for teachers to talk to kids about personal finance. It just doesn't really, right. you know, it doesn't matter when you talk about the core subjects and, um, you know, the the state's agenda and really the country's agenda to get the test scores up. So right. I, you know, I started quizzing my my senior kids that were about to go to college, like, okay, what do you know about student loans? Uh, what do you know about credit card debt? How do you know how to read a, uh, a credit report? And the answers were always no, but they're really interested in it. And mm-hmm. that was kind of why I thought, you know what, I should start this blog. And I, it was something that I had, you know, I let my students read and uh, I kind of did, uh, we had advisory lessons where, you know, I was supposed to be teaching something, but I didn't do that. Instead, I just did, I started teaching financial lessons and the kids loved it. So that was, that yeah, yeah. I mean, and that was something that I talked to my my principal about as I was leaving. I was like, you know, the past two years I've been doing stuff I really wasn't supposed to with financial stuff. And he was like, you know what? It's such a need that there's no issue with that. And he was like, if you're teaching something and you're passionate about it, then that's the way to go. And then the kids liked it a lot. So I knew it was important. And that's that's why I made the jump to do that full time. Ah, well, I bet you there's many, you have many followers and many more to come that are going to be thanking you profusely for that. And and it's also interesting to me, too, why parents aren't teaching this, not only in school, but, um, um, yeah. you know, why, uh, why is, why is it on the is school? They're not uh, healthy, healthy uh, financial education's going on in the home and that's 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 one of the areas of my expertise <laughs> right, because yeah. everybody it's it's painful for a lot of people so um you know thinking about money so a lot of the you know the millennials are coming from families that are have painful um feelings around around money and not necessarily wanting to talk about it and because they're probably in either in debt or They've had. They grew up with experiences of not mm-hmm. um, having a good relationship with with their parents, not having a good relationship. So it sort of gets funneled down through generations what I, people I believe about money. Yeah, that was something that I ran into a lot when I would kind of quiz my kids about uh, about just anything involving money. You know, their their parents. 
I, I think that parents are scared to jump in and talk about that kind of stuff. And my parents are a perfect example. You know, they didn't talk to me really about it. And, you know, they had their own debt problems. I mean, my, my dad actually made pretty good money. He, was, he worked at NASA. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But he, just like a lot of people that are his age, um, mm-hmm. you know, they got trapped in, in a lot of debt too. And so I think that it is an uncomfortable conversation. Um, I, I think that there's a, mm-hmm. there's a lack there's a lack of conversation about it, and I think that yes. you're right. I mean, it's not happening at, at home, and it's not happening at school because people just are uncomfortable with the subject. Um, there yes. is a, a stigma about talking about money. We we don't like to tell people how much we make. Uh, we don't like yep. to tell people how much debt we have, and there's you know yes. it's just an uncomfortable. A lot subject. of shame. There's yep. a lot of shame wrapped around money, yep. and and money too is um, um, related to you know the growing up. Um, how we grow up and our relationship with money in our families affects mm-hmm. how we feel about ourselves. Right. Yeah, so I agree. Self-esteem is intertwined with money. So there's a lot of uh, uh, shame, embarrassment, or and so, you know, people, uh, humiliation or, you know, and, and it's not real, you know, because they're right. actually taking on their parents' feelings about money. And they're yeah, assuming yeah. because of their family's circumstances that that is a reflection of who they are. Yep. Yep. Sad. But yeah, that's yeah. Why but I you're, think... you're out there charging ahead and, and, and helping, and, and um, so am I. So there's great hope for the millennials. Yeah, yeah, yeah there is. Um, yeah. I, I think that it's it's interesting because the, the online um, – you know, millennials are really comfortable with things online. Like even for myself, I know yeah. that I'm more comfortable buying something online than I am going to the store. I don't know why. That's just the way mm-hmm. that I grew up. But I think that you know, it, it was surprising to me at first how many emails that I got for Millennial Money Man of people just being very um, mm-hmm. open about how much debt they had, how much money they make. Uh, because mm-hmm. it's pre- I mean, it's basically all anonymous. They know that I'm never going to talk to them. Um, right. And I would get, you know, these <laughs> crazy emails of, you know, I have $250,000 in student loan debt and I'm in forbearance or deferment on all of them. I can't make minimum payments. What do I do? And that was I overwhelming. I mean, oh, I, I don't know what, to, you know, I didn't know what to tell anybody. And it's really still, that's, those situations are, are tough to help people out of because there's not many options. Um, but, I, but I think that the online medium is a good way to talk about it. I think that people are more comfortable um you know, in that setting. And so I've been able to help a lot of people that way, which has been really mm-hmm. nice. It's been kind of fulfilling, kind of filled the, the void that is gone from, you know, teaching because that's a very fulfilling career. Um, yeah. So that's, You're a that's definitely helped. Teacher. Yeah. And, I guess so. Yeah. 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 And so what are, when, when people go to the uh, uh, millennial money man, what are some of the things that they can find on your site that are going to help them and and where somebody that doesn't know anything where do you want to send them or what do you want to recommend is there uh, something to read besides your blog or you know so what is what is like ground zero for somebody that doesn't know anything what would you recommend to them well for somebody that doesn't know anything um I, you know, obviously, yes, I think you should. I think everybody should come to the blog. But um, there, there's, a, there's a ton of resources out there. I think that people really should get started with reading books, though, um, and whether it's an ebook or, or whatever. You know, I, one of the ones that I read early on was uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. 
Yeah, and that one good. is it's a great book, and it it's, it doesn't necessarily apply to, you know, not everybody wants to be a real estate magnate. <laughs> you know, not everybody wants to go out and do that. Right. But what he what um, that book does talk about is kind of the the difference of thinking between wealthy people and non-wealthy people um, and just the the way that they view money. And that, that book really changed a lot of the way that um, I view money. And then the other book that I think I would recommend to anybody is, uh, is very popular, Millionaire Next Door. Yes, I and was that book talks about, about Right, yeah, that book is, is great because when people think millionaire, they think, you know, jets and they think, uh, really nice boats and all that kind of thing. But really, a, a lot of people become millionaires by living well below their means. And that's, you know, that's really, uh, you know, and I, I don't think that becoming a millionaire is, is necessarily like the life goal. Uh, but financially, it's certainly a huge goal. And, and because it means most of the time, it means a lot of financial freedom. Um, mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think that that book is maybe even than the rich dad, poor dad, just because my whole approach to uh, helping people figure out their debt is, is really, you know, live below your means. And that's the, for millennials, that is, I think the most important thing they can do right out of college. Um, mm. You know, I have, I have a lot of, <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on, on what people are supposed to do, um, you know, or what they're really not supposed to do. For example, um, you know, the biggest mistake that I see young people do when they first get their job is they buy a new car and it's mm-hmm. it, for whatever reason um, it buying a new car has become a, a social achievement and you see it on Facebook I see it all the time where somebody mm-hmm. will post a picture of their new car and uh, you read the comments and it's all congratulations congratulations oh that's so great you know I'm so happy for you and if it's somewhere along the way you know borrowing somebody else's money to pay for something became an achievement, and I, it, I, it makes me sad because it's mm-hmm. from get go. These, these, you know, kids are coming out of college and getting stuck with, you know, forty thousand dollars of debt because they're doing right. something they thought they were supposed to do. And, right. uh, um, that, or it's a means so I, to get around, but nobody's taught them that you don't need to buy a new car. <laughs> right. Here's yeah. You I might buy something within your means. So what? So what would you recommend? That they uh, do. If they need a car to work and stuff like that, what would you recommend? Buy buy a used car. The car that I drive right now it, it costs me six thousand dollars, <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. um, you know I the what I found it just by using Craigslist and Auto Trader, uh, and that mm-hmm. was a whole other experience. And actually, I blogged about that a little bit. But you know, it's it, people have a stigma about cars with higher mileage. And they think that they're going to have to put more costs of repair into the car than it's worth. And, mm-hmm. you know, my argument against that has always been, you know, there very rarely are you going to find a car where you, you have to put so much money into it that it makes more sense to buy a new car. Actually, I don't think that, that is even really possible because even if I had a major repair expense every month that costs $1,000, it's still cheaper than a new car. So. Mm-hmm. You know, well, unless you it, buy like a BMW long-term. or Mercedes where, you know, it's $300 for a light bulb or something. Right. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah. you know, I I think, you know, my car, I bought it and it had 100,000 miles on it. These mm-hmm. cars are built nowadays, like the, you know, right. the quality brand ones, they're built to go 250,000 miles. People just have a stigma yeah. about, you know, 100,000 yeah. miles. So if it was me and I was coming out of college, I would buy 
the cheapest used car that I could. And, uh, you know, and if you have to finance something, if you, I mean, if you don't, if you can't put the cash together to buy it. Cause I would always recommend buying something in cash cause you can get a better deal. But mm-hmm. I mean, if you have to finance, finance a used car, you know, get the cheapest used car yeah. you can. And it doesn't have to have all the nice stuff, you know, it, it, it can, right. my first car didn't have power locks, power windows, uh, <laughs> power anything. I mean, it was just this yeah. basic little tiny truck and that, and that was a huge tool for me to be able to just put money in the bank, pay off my loans, um, you know, because mm-hmm. that's, that's, you know, thirty five, forty thousand dollars $40,000 that I kept in my pocket instead of buying a new right. car. So right. that's, I mean, that's my advice for, for anybody. That's the, the number one, I think, mistake that yeah. the young people make out of college. Yeah. And what else? What's the, what's the next one? The read, the next live one. below your means. Yeah, well, the next one is is housing. Um, people, you know, and I was I was feeling this too when I graduated because uh, my fiance, my wife now, but fiance at the time, uh, when we graduated, we were immediately looking to buy a pretty nice house. You know, it, it was all based on what we could afford. This is before I got into personal finance, anything. This is when I really didn't mm-hmm. know anything, and mm-hmm. uh, luckily I, we didn't do that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, I think young people. Uh, feel like they need to go out and get a really nice apartment. I see that a lot where they get something that's really nice um, mm-hmm. or they, they stretch on financing for a house and they, they, you know, they can't come up with the 20% down payment. So they do one of those 10, 10 loans where you borrow 10%. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that young people just need to kind of press the brakes when they get out of college, you know, find a bunch of roommates to live with, uh, you know, rent a room from your parents. I mean, that it doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter. I think that too many people uh, spend too much time worrying about what other people are going to think about them, you know, and the, and the parents thing is a, is a big one. You know, a lot of millennials feel like um, they're, they're freeloaders if they, if they were even renting from their parents. And, you know, my answer to that is that no other generation has graduated college or, or started their lives with this much debt. So, to me, it's right. do whatever you can do, whatever situation you can do. If you're, yeah. you know, if your parents are cool with you renting a room, then do that, you know, and don't worry about what other people think because the other people don't pay your bills. <laughs> they don't pay your, their, your loans and they don't pay for the, that kind of stuff. So their opinions should have no, no bearing on what you do. Um, but just find the cheapest place possible. I mean, that that's, if you do those mm-hmm. two things after college with the car and, and finding mm-hmm. a place that's really cheap, or finding roommates. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you'll you'll be ahead of everybody <laughs> within right. a matter of two or three years. Right, and I'll give you uh, I'll give you another reason why that's good that you might because I'm an, into energy. So if you are not, uh, and why you know for the law of attraction, what happens when you're paying big payments and having to uh, you know make these payments and you're not feeling good about it. It's, it's a lot of pressure. So it creates a lot of stress and that mm-hmm. stress creates worry and it, and it, and it brings your whole energy levels down so that you are not uh, feeling good about yourself and good about your life. And so, right. you know, energetically you start attracting more problems instead yeah. of if you are, you know, take take care of yourself. What you, all the recommendations that you just said, and then you can be like you you've been doing. So you're not worried about your debt. So you can say, oh, what do I want to create? You know, I want to create um, 
I'm going to create this blog, and oh, I see that there's a need for me for you know creating um, your SEO uh, business, and right. uh, and see you know so you're open to what's showing up around you, and then you can take advantage of that versus feeling like you're a hamster on a wheel, like going nowhere, mm-hmm. and, and this isn't what I signed up for, and being really pissed off about it. Yeah, well, and I think what a you know, maybe my story probably outlines this pretty well. I think what a lot of people don't realize, young people, is, you know, when you get that first job, there's a good chance that you're not going to like that job or you're not going to want to stay <laughs> in that career path. Um, you know, yeah. you're going to change career paths probably several times throughout your life. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, it, if you strap yourself down with debt right from the mm-hmm. start, you can't do that. Um, or right. if you wanted to work for yourself, you can't do that. The only reason I was able to do it is because I didn't have any debt, you know, so it was less scary. And, you know, it's like you said yeah. earlier, it was a calculated risk. I mean, I, a lot of people, when I did quit my job, they were, especially the teachers that I worked with, they were like, you're crazy. What are you doing? You know, why, why would you leave a good job? And because people that have that much debt or, or stuck, they can't, mm-hmm. they're so scared to make a jump that they can't right. even imagine that somebody else would do it. I mean, it, so right. I, you keep that door, you keep those doors open for yourself. And, you know, for me, it's it's worked out really well. I mean, I was able to replace my teaching salary within two months, two months. And uh, mm-hmm. that was, you know, I don't know if that happens for everybody, probably not. But I mean, I left myself open to that option uh, by paying off my debt so early. And so now, right. you know, for me, my earning potential is, is unlimited. Um, right. And I really enjoy what I do. I get to kind of create my own path in life. And I, I think a lot of people kind of rob themselves of that for a new car yeah. or for a nice yeah. house, you know? Yes. Particularly, yes. And particularly in the beginning. So, so what I'm noticing to, to share here is number one, but in, in what we said before was by you, you took charge of your life right. rather than just sort of reacting to life and this is what I'm supposed to do you thought about it you put you put thought into it you you planned you visioned what was important to you and how you you wanted freedom in your life you want it to be able to be free to do what you wanted when you want it and and how you want it (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah you know so so and I hear that I hear that a lot and also you know when you're when you're um um particularly an early millennial, you're out there exploring life. You're out there, mm-hmm. you you don't know, you know, it's not, you're not supposed to know, um, yes. you know, exactly what you're going to be doing when you're doing it. You're, you're not supposed to have your whole life planned out. It's an exploratory time, you know. So mm-hmm. um, I think that, you know, when when you start to bog yourself down with debt, like you were saying, um, or, uh, and then having to take jobs that you really don't like because you've got to pay the the bills, um, mm-hmm. and you're just waking up to pay the bills, then your life becomes very unfulfilling, and it doesn't allow you the opportunity to go out and explore and find out who you are and what it is that you want to do here in the world. And that's what I hear that you you did. So um, I'm thinking the next um, step here is so how what would you recommend? So we we've got them like in the beginning thinking okay keep my keep my expenses as small as possible and um, live below my means uh, so that uh, um, allows me to do other things in my life and then so 
in, with that debt, what, what would you recommend or is there a specific blog they could look for that helps them uh, pay down their debt? Sure. Um, I think that's a lot. I get a lot from my millennials. No one told me how. I don't know how to do this. I get money. So a, a lot of times when um, people get extra money, it's uncomfortable to them because they've been programmed that money equals problems. And right. or it means equals anger, or it also shows up for them emotionally that it's related to love. And so when they think about money and love, they think they didn't get what they what they needed. So it's painful right. for them. So they'll just like, all right, let's spend it, let's get rid of it. So instead of uh, so that's where I see a lot, and then they end up getting debt, so they don't have any savings because it feels uncomfortable, and then they create these debts from this sort of battle place. But where do you, how would you instruct them to start paying down their debt other than lowering their, living below their means? I think a a really, uh, one of my actually best blog posts that I ever did was the first one, (laughs) and I don't know if it's just because I had a lot of pent-up energy or, or whatever, um, but it's it's on my homepage if you look at the right side of millennialmoneyman.com, uh, and it says, want to build wealth someday, stop acting like the millennial you are. And that one really outlined how I did it. Um, there's also another one on there in the same area that says, this is how I paid off my student loans. Um, I would I would suggest they go read those. Um, okay. And then the next part of it is, you know, this, as far as a strategy, I actually didn't do it correctly. I I, um, I was just interviewed by Market Watch for this exact same thing. They wanted me to to tell them, you know, what I would have done differently. And I think that you know, once you start getting paychecks, and if you really want to pay down your debt, the first thing that you have to do is build up an emergency savings. And that's a really popular concept. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, everybody's heard it. You know, Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just a, every personal finance blogger talks about it. The reason that you have to do it, though, and I didn't do it, is, you know, if something unfortunate happens, if you get hurt, uh, or mm-hmm. if, you know, your car's engine explodes or whatever because you're driving a, a cheap car, mm-hmm. like I've told them to, um, you know, the, uh, it, you have to have some money. And what I did was I actually just started making payments right away, and I didn't build up any savings. And I really opened myself up to a lot of risk with that. And I, I paid, I made my payments for about six months, and then I kind of stopped and realized, like, I don't have any money in the bank. Um, and so I, I, I took a little bit of a break for probably about three months, and the same amount that I was paying towards my loans, I started paying myself. And then once I had uh, about two months of um, what I felt comfortable with uh, in the bank, I just then I resumed my uh, my debt payments. But the first thing is build up a savings. Um, even if you have to make the minimum payment on your student loans for a couple of months, that's okay, um, as long as you build that up and then get really aggressive about your debt because it makes it easier to do that. The other thing, specifically with student loans, is that when you graduate, Sally May, or I believe it's called Navient now, uh, which handles mm-hmm. all the student loans, the federal ones, they give you a six-month grace period. And in that that grace period, it sounds really cool because it's you don't have to pay any debt. Um, you know, you can. It's I guess designed to really let you get established and find a job. The problem with it is that interest accrues during that six months, and it accrues very quickly because you have a high loan balance. 
uh, and you're you're not making any payments towards it. So for me personally, I had about four thousand dollars extra debt that got lumped on in those six months, and I didn't know any better. Um, wow. So yeah, you don't yeah. think that, that they're not telling you would. <laughs> Yeah, and so my my advice to to millennials or you know when they graduate is make some kind of payment on that, even if it's interest only, um, make some kind of payment through mm-hmm. you know a part time job or whatever you can do. Like don't just ignore your loans for those six months because that'll. I mean, most people graduate. I think the average now is thirty thousand. The numbers that I've seen from people that talk to me, it's much higher. Um, yes. So you could be looking at anywhere from you know four thousand, ten thousand dollars of extra debt that. You know, you didn't borrow; it just <laughs> the interest right. accrued on it. Um, so right. immediately start doing something about uh, just very small payments or whatever you can do, and that, along with putting some money away from you know for an emergency savings, and then you can get really aggressive about your debt. Uh, but that's mm-hmm. you know those are things that I wish that's that's hindsight 2020. You know, if I could go back and do it again, I would have done that. I didn't, mm-hmm. uh, and it cost me a couple thousand dollars, and and I really put myself up for some risk. Uh, you know, it's just a good thing I didn't get hurt or, or whatever <laughs> during, the, mm-hmm. during the first couple months of paying off my debt. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's really it. I mean, it, paying off debt is, is not that complicated. You just have to go about it the correct way. Um, well, I think it's also commitment, right? You're, oh, you're yeah. committing <laughs> and seeing, and I think also it's um, seeing, I, one of the things that I noticed with, the millennials is, you know, instant gratification versus long-time gratification. And, right. um, and, and, and you can have both. You're, you're, you know, in the way that you're, you're talking about it. So it, it isn't an either or. It can be like you can really enjoy your life and you can plan for the future at the same time. You don't have to yeah. go unconscious about it. And so, you know, how things you've talked about are, are, um, important because what you're doing is you're saying be awake about your life and and make choices that are smart so that you don't find yourself in a hole um later on and that you don't um and and stuck uh if you want to be free and and create the life and really have a meaningful life then you need to to um start managing it yep absolutely yeah yeah well, thank you. So what's um, your Millennials and uh, Money uh, com? Is that correct, where they can find those blogs? Yeah, MillennialMoneyMan.com. Uh, the, the hardest part of that is spelling millennial. <laughs> and so it's two L's, two N's. That's the, the question I always get. Um, MillennialMoneyMan.com. And uh, they can follow me on at GenYMoneyMan on Instagram and Twitter. And then it's uh, for LinkedIn and Facebook, it's Millennial Money Man is my username. Okay. So. And um, great guys, and and go and and learn from him. And so, do you have any um, last minute advice here? Is there something we haven't covered that you really think is important that they hear right now? Or um, last minute advice? Let me think here. I mean, really, the 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 big thing is, you know, don't stress out if you have student loans, because I've been thinking about this a lot lately, because um, if you have student loans, you know, don't freak out. You can get you can get them taken care of. A, a lot of people feel kind of crushed with that burden, um, yeah. and it, it's really disheartening. You know, I, I know people that 
you know, if you ask them about student loans, they'd probably start crying because it's it's a shameful thing. Yes. And it really shouldn't be. You know, student loans are not a shameful thing. It's not a yes. bad form no. of debt. You know, and and really one of the things that it, it's it's actually a great investment. You know, yes. for me, I had forty thousand dollars of student loans. Well, if I had stayed a teacher for thirty years, I would have made one point five million dollars in salary. So I spent forty thousand to make one and a half million. Right. Uh, that that's a great investment. If you did that with any stock, uh, you know, some somebody would call you a genius. Right. So right. there's there's nothing to be ashamed of, but it it's just it can get out of hand very quickly because of the way it's structured. Um, right. The way that you know it's the the payment terms are unclear. So yes. you know, don't get discouraged. Just you know. Just try to take care of it. Just try to knock it out, but don't you know? Don't ever feel bad that you have student loan debt. Um, it right. certainly, you know, bettering yourself is is never a bad thing, you know, and, and educating yourself. So that that's really the the best advice that I think I could give to a, a young person just starting out. That's fabulous, and the, and and what I love about that too is that, and what I would want to say is you, you know, to anybody listening here, you are worth investing in, and so right. however you invest in yourself. And in your education and bettering yourself, you know that that there is a the big a big payoff down the road. But um, um, and there is no no shame in that because we're all we we all over our lifetime are going to be investing in ourselves. And yeah. Um, and so do the do do some work around shame. Actually, you can go on my YouTube and I have videos on shame where you can go tap to release the shame or the frustration or the anxiety or overwhelm that you're feeling. And so when, when you start to feel that and then go back to, to Bobby's site and then start doing what he tells you to do there. So get the shame because shame and that frustration and anxiety is what is going to keep you from taking the positive action. So if you can calm that down, which the tapping will do, um, and then go and take the actions that, that uh, Bobby has um, shared with us and, and, and on the information on his site, um, then you'll, you'll be in a much better, better place and much proactive and inspired to, to, to do that. Well, Bobby, thank you so much. I'm, I'm really excited, and, and I know there's a few topics, so we'll have you, um, down, uh, you know, on again and talk about some of your other um, inspirations that you're creating and, and create in, in the world and good luck to you and thank you for uh, helping the millennials uh, at this very important subject and doing all the work that you're doing out in the world. Sure. Yeah. I'm glad to be on. Thank you for having me on and I'd be happy to come back and give you an update or, you know, talk about anything else related to millennial money. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. I really good. appreciate it. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, and thank you, everybody, for listening, and um, go out there and uh, love, live, and matter, and um, enjoy it, and know that you matter, and that you are uh, worthy of anything that you desire, and there's, um, there's enough what I want to say, there's something coming through. There's enough love to go around for everybody, and all of you are deeply appreciated and loved, even though sometimes you might not feel like it. All right, take care. This is uh, Millennials and Money Cafe. Bye bye.